more important to you than you realize. My fellow pastor didn't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay? You wouldn't be sitting here in this place if there were not some other previous missionary activity. Even if this person who planted this church initially back in the 70s didn't call himself a missionary, that's what he was. He was a missionary to Owensboro, Kentucky from the state of Michigan. And he came here with next to nothing. He knew the language and he knew the culture. The group was very small. It initially began to meet in a classroom. He didn't have a building. There was nothing here. These facilities were not here. And we met in room 105 of Kentucky Wesleyan College a long, long time ago. And some of you, maybe a few of you, remember that. It's a very small minority, I'm sure, but that's how important missions are, even to you and really to every church. Every church has been planted by somebody who had a missionary heart. Every church has been established by God because a man was sent in order to do that. And that's what we're enjoying. That's what we have right now. That's, that's what we wanted to do, and, and that's what God enabled us to do in Newburgh, Indiana. Another church was planted. These are all people that have been reached, I know. These are reached peoples. There is an indigenous believing congregation already there. But there are groups of people that have been inadequately reached. And we want to reach them with a purer and greater and better gospel that centers exactly upon God and upon His sovereignty and get them to see the beauty in a bigger way of a glorious and sovereign God. Well, that's my introduction. I'm, I'm, I'm sure hoping he can get that going. That would be great. But, but if not, I think he will because there's, there's yes, he's already got it going. See, it, it, it's going to be fine. Thank you, God. Technology is wonderful. It's one of the things that we've got to be thankful for because we are living in, in, in such a wonderful age of it. Well, what our Constitution says, are we getting close? Yeah, just click right here on this little guy right there, and it'll go full screen. Can you get that one? Or, or, you, or you can go up the slideshow at the top, either one. That one, yeah. In the beginning. There we go. Now we're ready. That's it. Muchas gracias, hermano. <laughs> okay. Well, it'd be nice. Is there any way to get the image up on, on this screen here, too, or not? <laughs> okay. I'll have to turn around some then, because uh, 
What you have to do is choose both screens. You choose this one and you choose that one. This will be okay. I'll look at it with you. We can do this. This is Article 2. We're in series. Uh, we're in number four in a series. This is what our Constitution says. The church exists by the grace of God and for the glory of God which shall be the ultimate purpose of its activities. We seek to glorify the God of Scripture by promoting His worship, edifying and equipping the saints, evangelizing the nations, planting and strengthening churches, calling other assemblies to biblical faithfulness and purity. There's more to this too. That's that's our emphasis this morning is is evangelizing the nations. Well, here's our here's our first point then. God is the author. God is the author and originator of evangelism and missions. Where did this ever begin? Where did it start? When did God first start to show that he had a missionary heart before the eyes of men? When did he do that? If you'll turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3 and just notice verses 8 and 9. Genesis chapter 3, it's on page 3 of your, pure, of your pew Bible. Uh, I uh, put the numbers up there. They'll always be in blue if you want to turn to the passage. It, it's, it's really a good thing to do because then you can see it with your own eyes. In Genesis chapter 3, after the fall, after this, this, this great transformation from the heights of purity to the depths of depravity, we read these words. And and they heard the uh, and and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, and said to him, "Where are you?" The very first words of a missionary God, a God with a heart like that, when almost, almost at the exact moment, almost as soon as there were two sinners on the earth, Adam and Eve, almost at that moment, there was a missionary saying, where are you? There was a missionary God. I can't explain how he was in the garden. They heard him. They heard him in the garden. I'm a little child. I just believe what I read. They heard him walking in the midst of the garden, and they heard him in such a way that they hid themselves. And God, and God was willing to search for them and call for them. And he, and he says, where are you? Verse 15 of this same chapter, 
It is universally accepted in evangelical circles, in conservative evangelical circles, that this was indeed the first preaching of the gospel in seed form. God says in this text, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring, speaking to the serpent who was more than a serpent, he was Satan. I will put enmity between you and, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. The offspring of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent, and you shall bruise his heel. That is the gospel in its most basic and predictive form. There was going to be there was going to be one cent. An offspring of Eve, many, many generations later, who was going to die for sinners. And he was going to be bruised. But in so doing, he was going to bruise the head of the serpent. He was going to mortally wound him and ultimately kill him and destroy his works. And forever, our, our, our Savior bears the marks of his being bruised. That's, that's where it began. It, it, it begins very, very early in history in the Garden of Eden. Well then, notice in the second place that God is the planner and the engineer of missions and evangelism. Very, very early again, God made this move. He spoke to Abraham. The, and Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was an idolater. Abraham was a worldly man. And he sovereignly, on page 12 of your, of your ESV Pew Bible, he makes this promise. I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, in you, Abraham, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was the first promise. Let me tell you something. Always remember this. Whatever God promises, whatever God says he will do, Whatever he promises, that is his purpose. His promises equal his purposes. If he promises Abraham that I'm going to bless in you, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth, then that's what he's going to do. That's his purpose. That's what he's going to fulfill. And that's what he's doing. And, and so... When you come down to this very day and, and you see what the planner and the engineer of missions is, this is who we are. We are the offspring of Abraham. We are like Abraham. We have been saved by faith and we have believed God. And we have that righteousness just like Abraham. We, we like Abraham, we, we see the day of Jesus and we rejoice and are glad. Jesus said that of himself. Abraham saw my day. And he rejoiced. And he was glad. That's who we are. 
We are the ones that walk in the steps of Abraham. These are the true sons and daughters of, of Abraham. We, are, we have the same father. He's our father. He's our father if we, if we by faith believe in his God. Galatians 3, 7. And whatever blessings come to Abraham in, in Galatians 3, 14, whatever blessings come, these are what the Gentiles will receive and that's who we are that's what we have received and we are doing by God's grace we are doing the deeds of Abraham John 8:39 that's what we're doing blood is not the issue blood was never the issue it was always faith it was always what what God was going to give to enable that connection well he was the planner then. He is the engineer from the get-go. When he spoke to Abraham, he was planning something for all the families of the earth. That's what God was doing. And so this definition, I think this is, nice. this is a definition that was formed to try to define and to try to speak of what families of the earth might be, what a people group might be, what a nation might be. It's not perfect, but it is helpful. I just submitted to you. This is a definition, a, a proposed definition, a, what a people group is or what a family is. We believe nations are larger than there are our, our, People groups, and then there are families. Here's a definition. It is a significantly large grouping of individuals who perceive themselves to have a common affinity, a common attachment, a common agreement for one another because of their shared language, ethnicity, residence, or caste situation, and other things, or combinations of these things. It is the largest group within which the gospel can be spread as a church planting movement without in, encountering, that should say, I'm sorry, encountering barriers of understanding or acceptance. That's what a people group is. It's an indigenous group that has many, many things in common, but, and it, it's as large as that border can be. But it's, 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 it's a group that's separate and distinct from other groups because of language, because of ethnicity, because of geography, because of, of, of other factors. Well, God's going to reach those groups. That's, that's what's meant. It's not proven by this text. It is, it's proven by the whole Bible, the whole framework that God gives us. I, I have to limit the text. But let me show you a, a, a wonderful example. Then. Let me just mention an example that is familiar to all of you. It's the example of Jonah in, in the Old Testament. If you think the book of Jonah, if you think the book of Jonah is, is mainly about Jonah and, and a great fish that swallowed him, 
and and his reluctance uh, to preach the word of God in a city called Nineveh. If you think that's what the book is mainly about, you are terribly mistaken. It is about that. Yes, it is. That's not what it's mainly about. No, no. What the book of Jonah is about, it is about the Lord. It is about God. It's all about him and what he was trying to teach Jonah and what he was trying to teach us and what he was trying to teach all humanity. It is the word of the Lord that came to Jonah. He is the one who fled from the presence of the Lord. It was the Lord who hurled a great storm. It was Jonah who said in an upside-down kind of a way, I fear the Lord. It was it was the men on the boat who listened to Jonah and made vows and offered sacrifices to the Lord. It was the Lord who appointed a, a great fish to swallow him. It it was God who authored the the prayer in Jonah's heart from the belly of the great fish. He prayed f- to the Lord. It was the Lord who spoke to the fish and it vomited. Jonah up on dry ground. It was the Lord who came a second time in order to speak to Jonah. It was the Lord who, who, who gave repentance. And the king commanded everyone to call upon God and, and to fast. It, it was his focus that God might turn from his fierce anger and relent and we not perish God saw it all. God planned it all. He saw that they turned, and God did relent. What is the principal lesson of the book of Jonah? What is it that Jonah did not understand? What he resisted? What was that? It was this. Jonah says, as he writes about himself, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. The repentance of Nineveh was not pleasing to him. And and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. He knew, he knew what God was going to do. And he didn't like it. He didn't think that it was right. He didn't think it reflected well on God. He thought, God, you've done so much for Israel. These people have no preparation. They have no law. They're godless. They're in darkness. They're our arch enemies. You can't do this, God. This is not good. This is not good at all. I don't want to be a part of it. What was he missing? What was Jonah missing? What was God trying to teach him when he caused the plant to grow up? God was so compassionate to him, so kind to him, so condescending, so willing to teach him. Why did he make the plant grow up to shade him? from the fierce sun, and then appoint a worm and, and kill it. He wanted to teach him. I am a God of free grace. That's who I am. 
I do what I want. I save people in the, in the grossest darkness. I do it for my own glory. That's what God was teaching him. Jonah was objecting to free grace. Listen, listen. Jonah had received it. He should have known that. The whole history of Israel was a history of free grace. Were they better than Nineveh? Did they deserve something better from God? God never said that to him. God didn't tell him that. He should, he should have been convicted by that. That's the whole problem of Jonah's life. He did not believe in a God of free grace who would save enemies, who would save the very worst nation that they knew of at that time. He didn't believe that. That's our God. That's our missionary God. That's our God who is evangelical and evangelistic. That's the, he, he gets it all for his own glory. And, and, and so you see, that is the object then. Our, our third heading is, is just simply God is the object and, and the end of his own missionary work. All the missionary work, all the evangelization, evangelization of, of the nations, they, it all centers on God. It's all for his glory. It's all for his worship. It's all for his praise. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God wants to glorify himself? That God wants to get praise and worship for himself? There is no other reason for human beings to exist if they don't glorify him. Aren't you glad that there's a God that enables you to glorify him and to worship him? Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful to be in the kingdom of God and be able to do that? If you're not in the kingdom, if you're not a believer, you are missing out on so much. And, and we know you are because we were just like you. We were in the other world. We were without Christ. You can't tell us anything about the unsaved world that we don't know already. Because that's where we come from. And now we're here. We can tell you all about something else that you don't know, that you've not experienced. This, this is what I've only used two Psalms. Page 458, if you want to look at it. All the ends of the earth shall remember. And turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship for you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. And he rules over the nations. That's a fact. That's a prayer. That's a promise. That's a purpose. That's what you have. And if I could have something tattooed on my back, I didn't say I was going to do that. But if I could have something tattooed on my back, it would be Psalm 67, page 481. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make His face to shine upon us. Why? Why? That your way may be known on the earth. Your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. 
Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations uh, upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O oh God. Let the peoples praise The earth has yielded its increase. Everything that we get, all the food, all the technology, all the rain, all the snow, all the natural resources, God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. Let Haiti fear Him. Let India fear Him. Let China fear Him. Let Australia fear Him. Let Antarctica fear Him. Let South America fear Him. Que tengan temor de Dios in South America. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's ask God to do this. This is His plan. And it's all based upon His goal to glorify Himself. But, but look at this. Look. Look back here. Let the nations be glad. Christianity is is a religion, a God-given religion of joy and gladness and happiness. And this is what we offer. This is what we're saying. Come with us. Whether I seem happy right now or not doesn't matter. Because I really am. I'm really passionate over these things because this is who I am. By God's grace, this is what I really, really care about. And this is the goal of God. This prayer can be offered. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let there be happiness. I was going to bring some pictures. I was going to show you pictures of Haitians worshiping God in the midst of all this turmoil. I have got some of those. I've got Pentecostal ladies who know the Lord standing together praying and praising God. I'm going to go there in March, Lord willing, if the church will send me. I I want to stay here so I can help as much as I possibly can because God is using me to do this. I'm thankful for the church. I'm going to tell you more about that. Well, we've got to come to Christ then. Christ is the example. He is the provider, the promoter, the one who has purchased all these things. It's on page 899. And, and what we will see concerning our Savior. I was going to raise this because, because I can't see what the next slide is. I'm not sure. God is, God is, is the provider and promoter for missions. This is an understatement. I asked the kids, I asked the kids because um, Derek Minton gave me the opportunity to speak to the kids at, at, at Davis County High School. Had about, I, I think I spoke to him for just, just a little more than 15 minutes. But I asked, who, who was the greatest missionary? Who do you think was the greatest missionary? And, and this, this lovely young lady said right away, oh, Paul. Paul, Paul had to have been, and I said, wow, yeah, he was a great missionary. There's no question about it. He's the one who said, I became all things to all men, 
all things to all people. I be, to the Jews, I became like a Jew. To those under the law, I became like those under the law. To those outside of the law, in a matter of saying it this way, I became out, outside of the law, but, but not the law of Christ. Came all things to, to all people. Why? In order to save some. In order to win some. He says, I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them its blessings. That's what Derek read to us this morning. He wanted the blessings to come to the Gentiles. But, but, but he's not the greatest missionary, is he? No. He's not even close. He's only imitating the one who is the greatest. It is, it is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Here is contextualization, okay? Here is the ultimate contextualization. Here is all things to all men. Here is God becoming a man. Here is God living in the state of being a human being in, in humanity. Here is God coming all the way down, stooping an immeasurable distance be, be, between heaven and earth. He became one of us. He became the friend of sinners. He became the one who healed and fed and raised the dead. He, he became the one who, who taught and led. He's the one who revealed God. He is the ultimate missionary. He's the one that worked out the perfect righteousness that we need. He's the one that did all of those things. We want to be like that missionary. We want to be like Christ. No, no. We cannot work miracles. But we can point to the one who did, still can. We are not perfect, but we can walk blamelessly. And when we sin, we can ask forgiveness. We cannot pay for sins, but we can point to the one who did pay for sins. There are many things that we can't do, but we can point to the one who has done them all. That's who Jesus is. So he says, I've had this up there a long time, just, just, just this text. The Greeks, the, the Gentiles were in inquiring, we would see Jesus. And down a ways in John chapter 12, Jesus says this, now, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He's going to draw all kinds of people. He's going to draw those Greeks. He's going to draw Gentiles. And listen, folks, again, that's who we are. That's who you and I are. And, and, and those that are in our families and those that are friends know that that's who we are. They know that. They know that we've been drawn to Christ. They know that we don't have any other explanation for our lives for our conduct, for our preferences, for our distaste for sin, for our fight with sin. We don't have any other explanation except we have to say, He drew me. He called me. He changed me. This ultimate missionary is at work 
Even today, that's, that's who we are. We are the ones that are drawn. So, let me show you this then. That's why Christ can say, all authority in, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. These are our marching orders as a church. This is for Heritage Baptist Church. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations. The nation that you're in and other nations that are around you and in faraway nations, however I may lead you to do it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have, have commanded you. You see the order, make disciples. That's what we're doing here by God's grace. Baptize them. Teach them to observe what I have commanded. Here's the promise. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. No missionary. No missionary to Romania. No missionary to China. No missionary to India. No missionary to Colombia, Cuba, La Republica Dominicana, Haiti, Mexico. We never go alone. God is with us. And God has an elect people. He has a chosen people. He has many people in this city. Election is the basis for it all. Knowing that God has a people. And that He's going to be worshipped. He's going to be worshipped. In the book of Revelation, this is Revelation uh, 5. And, and begin with verse 6. I saw a lamb standing. The lamb was standing as though it had been slain. Who could that be? What did they say to him? Worthy are you to take the scroll, take the, God's agenda, take the, the decrees of God, take the purposes and plans of God, open its seals. Why? For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. What people? From every tribe and language and people and nation. This is the end of it all. This is the final scene of all history. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign. They're going to reign on the renewed earth when heaven comes down to earth. What glory, what glory awaits us. Praise God. Well, how do I apply these things then? I feel like I've been limping through the whole message. Got a late start, had technical problems. But, but let, me, let me apply it to you. Let's get on track, HVC. Let's get on track with God. Don't think that these passages and, and that this, this missions and communications pastor, that's what they say I am. Don't think I'm here for nothing. Don't think this word of God is for nothing. We've got to respond. We've got to move forward. We've got to make changes. We've got to improve. We've got to do it. Number one, 
Pray for missions. Get in touch with missions. Get in touch with what's going on in our own community, what's going on nationally. And if you want to, please get in touch with what we're connected with internationally. There is a group within Heritage Baptist Church. Some of you maybe don't know this. There's a group within this church that's really interested in missions. They want me to send them all the missionary information that, that I get from missionaries that we know that we are working with, that we care about, that we are supporting perhaps, whatever the case may be, there's a group within us. There's a group of ladies that pray and they ask for anybody who would like to come. We know that not everybody can come. We know there are good reasons why some cannot come. There's a group that prays every, every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock downstairs. It's a little group. There's another group, believe it or not, that pray on Saturday nights. And they pour out their hearts to God for all of, all of these ministries and whatever God puts on their hearts. There's a group within this Heritage Baptist family. That group needs to grow. If you want to get anything about missions, just click reply to any HBC news you receive and ask me for it. And if you get something that you don't understand who this guy is or who these people are, click reply again and ask me. And I'll tell you. I'll explain it to you. We've got to be praying for missionaries. That's what they want more than anything else. More than money. More than resources. God will give the money. God will give the resources if we'll just pray. That's what they want. If you tell a missionary you're praying for them, they're so grateful. Because they really want it. Secondly, be a missionary in your own sphere of influence. You've got to do that. Don't. This is what I mean by that. This is, this is, this is what I mean. Really basic. Don't change the way you talk when you're in a worldly situation. Don't change your vocabulary. In, in fact, intentionally and purposefully, purposefully try to say something about God. If all you say is God bless you, if all you say is I'm thankful to God for this, if all you can say is just a sentence, just say something. Don't be afraid to mention the name of your God. You've got to do that. Don't, don't sanitize it. It's, it's unsanitary. It's not right to do that. I'm talking to myself when I say that, too. Because sometimes it, it sticks with me, too. I want to say what I really think, what I really feel. I had an occasion like this. This, uh, this lovely manager of Starbucks, for some reason, she likes me. And, and I, I go there. And I, I want to do what Mark Dever says to do, to, 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 to keep going the same place. And, and have a presence at the bank, at the cleaners, at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, at the uh, exercise place, so, so you can connect with people. And I, and I got to shorten the story because the time is almost gone. I was burdened for this lady next to me that was eating all, all, all by herself, and I had my 
iTunes on. I'm working on my computer. and I'm doing business. And I'm just feeling, God, I shouldn't be just ignoring a woman sitting all by herself eating a sandwich. Well, the manager comes down and she happens to know her. And, and, and then she introduces me to her. And, and she's saying all these nice things about me, how, how happy I am and how much fun and all, all this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of sick of it, you know. <laughs> so, so I say to her, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's Christianity. Both of their confidences drop. I say, Michelle, you ought to hear my testimony. And she didn't take me up on it then, you know. But I, I, I just couldn't take, oh, it's not about me. It's, I'm not, it's all about Christ. It's all about grace. Well, you've got to do that. Well, number three, give to missions. Give to missions. Let me show you something. Isn't this strange? How attractive this is. It's really, it's really something, isn't it? You, you, uh, it's, it's so easy to spot money, isn't it? Like if it's in a book or, or if, if there's something blowing along or it's in the parking lot. Look at that. Everybody says, ooh, very nice. This, this is not ours. This belongs to somebody else. All that you have, none of what you have, belongs to you. It's not yours. You work, you earn. It's not yours. Look at this here. Beside the treasure principles, Randy Alcorn, a liberating book. He says, number one, God owes, owns everything. I'm his money manager. He proves this scripturally. We are the managers of the assets God has in, entrusted, not given to us. You need to look at your money differently. This is not yours. This belongs to God. He expects you to do business with this. He really does. He will repay. He who is kind to a poor man, who is generous to a poor man, lends to the Lord. And he will repay you for your good deed. He will. He who closes his ears, closes his eyes to a poor man. When he prays, he will not be heard. Proverbs says that too. Well, we've got to be giving. We keep talking about getting a heart for missions. I think that's fine. I want you to get a head for missions. I want you to get ahead the same way that you make a decision to buy anything. You don't have to have a heart for pizza. You just go buy it. You don't have to have a heart to buy something new. You just go get it. You don't have to, to, to indulge your children. You just do it. Just do this. Randy Alcorn says, my heart always goes where I put God's money. Try that. What you invest in, see if your heart doesn't go after what you invest in. You buy a new pair of shoes, you're going to be taking care of that pair of shoes. You put some money into that. You, you buy a new computer, you're going to really take care of that. You send money to Haiti, you're going to care about that too. 
You are. Let me say this. I want to thank Heritage Baptist Church. I want to thank you for all that you gave to Haiti. You may not know this, but on the first Sunday in round figures, 5,000 came in. On the second Sunday in round figures, 7,000 came in. 2,000 was added because of, of, of what we said we would mash, match with mash. You gave that too, okay? And, and 5,000 more from the uh, Benevolence Fund. So we had about $19,000. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to show you something else, though. Did every single one of you give? Did all of you give? Is it a hollow celebration in your heart? I'm being faithful to you. I'm not getting down on you, okay? I want you to think about this. Acts 11.29. This is with head and heart. So the disciples determined everyone, everyone, according to his ability, not beyond their ability, not because, not based on what they didn't have, according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. Did you do that? Don't be ashamed to give a small donation. Don't be so proud that if, if you can't give $100, that you don't give 10 Invest. Invest. Cast it upon the waters. See if it doesn't come back after many days. This is my closing. No man, here's what Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. The whole world, the whole world wants this. The whole world wants money. They want pesos. They want euros. They want rupees. They want yen. This is what they want. What, what can't you get with this? What is this good for? What can, what can you buy with this? Only things that perish. You can't take any of this with you and nothing that you can buy with it. Nothing. If I said right now, any, anybody want this, you can have it. It's yours. How many people would want to rush up and get it? But if I say, as an ambassador to Christ, you can have eternal life. You can have forgiveness of your sins. You can have a perfect righteousness. You can have it. It won't cost you anything that you can do. You can have it. You can have eternal happiness and joy forevermore. You can be a worshiper of Christ. You can be glad. Will this buy you peace? Will this make you happy for a moment? Will this keep you from getting sick? Will this get you into heaven? It won't do any of those things. It's useless. If it is not used for the glory of God, 
This is what everybody wants. Give me some of that green stuff. We want to give you Christ. If you're outside of Christ, you can have him. He's yours if you're willing. He's yours if you just ask. He's yours if you'll turn. You can have the blessing of Abraham. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great heart you have towards sinners. You have not held back anything. You have given all that was necessary for sinners to be saved. You are our evangelistic missionary God in every way. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who made all these things, all these provisions. Thank you for your plan, your engineering, your purpose, your promises, the wide-open arms of our Savior. Will you please... Please save somebody in this audience, somebody on the Internet, somebody who's listening. Give that quickening ray. Draw. You be lifted up, O Christ. Draw. Draw somebody today for your glory. We pray this with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.